You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living human, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Hello, this is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I'm here with my husband, Sean. And today we're talking about how to start a missional community, which is episode 21. That's right. So what is a missional community, Sean? Well, before we get into this, launch out into this, I do want to acknowledge that I have been in Australia, Camille. Yeah, we know you've been <laughs> in Australia, Sean. <laughs> no, so we actually haven't recorded one of these episodes in like a month, even though our listeners have heard new episodes. We have not actually recorded them in a month. We haven't been in our studio. In our studio, if you will. But so some of this actually is born out of my time in Australia where I had a chance to speak on mission. Our last episode that our listeners probably heard were from a couple of my buddies down under, um, Lachlan and Francis, good guys. And uh, I had a lot of people when I was in Australia asking me this question. There's a lot of people here in the United States that also ask, okay, how do I start a missional community? We've talked about it. I think it was episode four, what a missional community is. Yeah, I think because there's, I feel like there's just kind of a lot of different aspects and components. It's really pretty simple, but in some ways it can be a little bit complex and figuring out how to get it started. I think it's very simple. I don't think it's complex at all. I'm being not being facetious at all. That's one of the things I like about missional communities is, is that they're pretty easy to reproduce. You just yeah, I don't think it's difficult. It's no, just but yeah, there are naturally questions that arise. So I think we'll first of all start with a refresher about what a missional community is. And so yeah, Camille, do you remember what it is? Yeah. So missional community is. Servants sent out by God to make disciples who make disciples. So a family. Yes, a family of people. Well, a family of missionary servants. Yeah, n- so not necessarily blood related. Yes, biological yeah. family. Yeah, but the goal is that we would become like family towards one another. Yeah, yeah. So we're a family of servant missionaries sent out by God to make disciples who make disciples. Yeah. So the whole purpose yeah. of a missional community is to share the good news of of Christ and to um, make disciples. Others, yeah. Make disciples and to serve them. By the way, there's lots of sounds going on here. You might hear our dryer squeaking in the basement <laughs> as we, as we uh, record this. Please send money to us for our new dryer. Um, being facetious, uh, kidding, not kidding. Hashtag. Yeah. So, I think it's pretty simple. And of course, there's more than one way to start a missional community. And there's different resources that I could suggest. But I would start with this. Number one, all right, dear listener, as you're listening, writing down, (laughs) step one, find four to six adults who you can uh, recruit to do life together with. Well, and that have the same mindset, that have that same missional, we want to disciple yeah, we want to we want to experience community. We want to make a difference in our uh, you know in our city, our our neighborhood, our our world. Um, so I would say start with now. When I said find four to six, I would say including yourself 
and your spouse if you have one or even if you don't. But um, just four to six individuals. And I would suggest that these individuals live in fairly close proximity to each other. Yeah. Because you want to have access to one another's life as much as you can. And the closer you'll live together, the better it's going to... The easier it, it is yeah, to get together gonna, and yeah, find you want, times. and Yeah, you want to have both organic, well, organized times of fellowship as well as organic. So like, hey, I'm driving by because I'm on my way to the store. I just thought I'd stop in and say hi type stuff. You can't do that if you're living an hour apart. Um, so yeah, find four to six people that are living kind of in close proximity to one another. Um, and then the next thing I would do, well, as a rule of thumb, I've heard it suggested that as a rule of thumb to figure out if you're living close enough is you have to be within a distance that people would normally drive in everyday life. So if you drive, you know, normally 15 minutes to get to the grocery store that you go to, that's a normal proximity. You're, you would drive 15 minutes to go visit friends. Now, if you're, if you normally drive only, you know, two minutes to get to a grocery store and you're part of your people in your missional community are, you know, 20 minutes away, that's going to be a little bit more challenging, uh, for you just because I guess that's just how our minds work. And yeah, we want to make it easy, regular contact. Um, so yeah. So then the next thing I would start doing is I would start hanging out with each other a lot. Um, again, I would have maybe in uh, a regular weekly time of getting together, maybe plan a weekly meal together where you say, it doesn't have to be in the same house every time. It can be in you know the various people's homes. Uh, you say this week we're gonna be at this house, next week that house. Um, maybe it would be the same house. That might provide more continuity. But I would schedule a weekly meal together. And um, so again, you have that that uh, steady, stable, organized, uh, you know, deliberate time together. And then, of course, there's organic time that I would suggest you spend as much time together. Um, so times of planned fellowship and times of unplanned fellowship, because just like every family uh, has times of planned fellowship, like we basically eat together as a family every day for supper at five. Like that's a scheduled. Now, occasionally I'm away. But having that continuity. Like when you go to Australia. Like when I go to Australia. Did you hear I went to Australia recently, <laughs> by the way? Uh, but yeah, so you have that planned time, but then you also have the... If, if, you're, if your family only planned time together and you never had unplanned time together, you're probably not getting very close. Um, so you have to, you know, have... Be involved with one another's life. One other thing is you find the closer you get to people the more natural it is to be like, hey, do you mind if I stop by real quick? Whereas mm -hmm. if you don't know someone that well, you're not going to feel comfortable, you know, hey, can we come hang out for an hour or whatever? So yeah, yeah. It, that just kind of comes naturally. Yeah, and and you're going to have to learn how to get over your fear of having your house perfectly spotless, right? Well, still working on that Some one. Some of us are still being discipled in that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> not afraid to admit it. That's right. Uh, so as you are hanging out together, meeting weekly together, I would um, 
start to try to be deliberate about learning to grow in the gospel together. And uh, I would probably do something like take a book that is uh, pretty strong in the gospel. Like if you are from a Seventh-day Adventist context, I would take a book maybe like Steps to Christ and read it together. Um, I would also maybe suggest something like Goth, the book Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. Uh, I would also suggest maybe even before that, taking the book Saturate by Jeff Vanderstelt and reading it together um, so that you are learning what it means to be community, learning what it means to be on mission. He also has a field guide to that book that kind of goes through those steps um, through eight weeks. And again, when we say being on mission, and this may sound like kind of a broken record, but when we say being on mission, we don't mean like taking a Saturday afternoon and be like, oh, we're going to go paint someone's house. Now, that's great. That's awesome. There's people in the community who need that. But what we're talking about when you're on mission, it's it's every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And it's being intentional about really just trying to reach those people that God has put in front of you. Not additional, but intentional. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. Uh, don't stress yourself out with, oh, man, I got to do this or I got to invite these people over. And um, it, I have found that it's just been so much easier to be like, you know what? Uh, you know, we're going to the playground this afternoon. Who could I invite? Or, mm-hmm. you know what? Mm-hmm. We're taking a family walk on mm-hmm. this afternoon. Yeah. Who can we invite to come with us? Yeah. So. So, yeah, if we're talking timeline here as you're as you're um, setting that gospel foundation and that missional foundation, as the four to six of you are trying to become family and be a community that you would feel comfortable inviting, you know, non-Christians into, um, you know, there's no hard and fast rule, but it may take three to six months where you're just kind of doing life together and learning the gospel together. But I would, I would start already uh, together. The next step would be prayerfully asking God to show you who he's sending you to. Which, who, what people is he sending you to? And it's best if you have a corporate mission that you all have the same mission. Sometimes... Same goal. Same, Yeah, well, the same people. Not like random people spread all the way you know, around the globe. Um, but you have a, a shared mission. Um, and so that could be your neighborhood is one example that would be the most logical. You could say, you know. Yeah, but you're not saying that when you have your four to six key individuals that everyone's going to have the same person they're praying for. That kind of That's kind of what you made it sound like. Well, ideally, that is what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we are doing in that's, our that's missional we're community. Doing, but we're kind of spread out. And, you know, there are many different ways to do this. I think ideally you want to have one single common mission, but we won't get bogged down in the details. There's good, better, and best. I think ideally the best scenario is that everyone is focused on the same cluster of people like in a neighborhood. But I do think that in the society that we live in, you know, a 10 or 15 minute drive is not that far. Now you start to get 20, 30 minutes, things start to, you know, spread out really, really thin. Um, So I think, you know, in a typical um, setting, if you're getting other, you know, people from your church, like a few other individuals who have this like-mindedness of really being on mission and, you know, they live 15 minutes from you, you obviously aren't going to have the same neighbors. So I I have been blessed by, 
looking in my community and I interact with people in my community completely different than someone else in my missional community who's on like the university level and she's got people there and I have more people in my like mm-hmm. area that's more centered with kids and like that type of thing. Yes, that that is one way of doing it. However, and this is where I feel like it gets this is not complicated. A little complicated, yes. Well, but here's the point. You want people that you're serving to be served, not just by you as an individual. You want them to be served by the community. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point in having a community if you're just going to be on mission by yourself. Yeah, and I, don't, I think we've so, still been able to create community. Yeah. So with... you want the community ultimately serving and blessing. This may sound like an argument, folks, but it's really not. Oh, trust me, it's not. <laughs> uh, this is just, you know, again, good, better, and best. But the point is you... you now, I'm, I'm just telling you what the all the people I read, and I read a lot of books, and I listen to a lot of presenters, um, having a common mission is ideal, okay? Now, again, that's not always possible, but it's ideal that you have uh, a common mission. So, again, you could have a neighborhood. You could have a, uh, you could have what is called a person of peace, which is a single person that one of you in your missional community knows that you rally around and that person is a gatekeeper to a network of people. Now, the reality is kind of like what Camille is talking about. This is, this is what she's getting at is that every person in our missional community already is plugged into different people. And so it's not, it, it seems unnatural for us to pull out of relationships with those people and not bless and serve them because we're going to focus on just other people that we don't know yet. So this, um, many times when people start a missional community, a lot of Christians don't even know non-Christians. And so that's kind of like, okay, if I don't know any non-Christians, how do I figure out who I'm going to serve and bless? So assuming you do already know non-Christians, I think there is a level of appropriateness where each person in your missional community is saying, okay, here's a couple of people that I'm serving and blessing. And even though you may not interact with them, you know, regularly, you know, I do. And so I'm going to bless and serve them. And I'm going to hopefully bring you into a context where you can bless and serve them as well. All right. Does that make sense? Am I confusing everybody? Probably. Probably. Okay. (laughs) Bottom line, find a neighborhood. Find or find a person of peace or find a network of relationships, which is another one. I feel like it's not even about finding either. I feel like if you're willing to go out and you're willing to serve, if you start praying about the people that are already in your life, I guarantee you that God will show you very quickly who those people are that, um, you know, need to be blessed and need to be served and who are really searching and who are open to, um, to learning more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next step as we're blessing and serving those people, uh, that we are on mission towards, we are drawing them deeper into our lives and we're drawing them into community with us and into our family. And, um, you know, we might invite them to a get together that we're having. Um, 
with our missional community. And we're not inviting them to some religious program. We're just inviting them into our family and our community so that they too can be blessed and served by the rest of our missional community. That's what would be the next step. And all along the way, of course, we are learning and listening to their story. We, as we're on mission towards them and we're doing life with them, we are listening to their story and we are sharing our story. And uh, a logical step in the process would then be to invite them to hear God's story. And as we're on mission towards them, as they are coming into community and fellowship, as they're leaning into relationship, as we sense the Holy Spirit is is uh, opening up their heart, we can invite them to, you know, one of the things we do is called the story of God, where we can invite them to experience the story of God as we go through the big story of who God is and scripture, um, you know, big picture ideas. But when you have these persons of peace, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that you all have these, you may have these different persons of peace that you're praying for and just really seeking for ways to bless them and to serve their physical and emotional needs. Um, just as Christ did when he went out and he um, did so much healing for people, he met their physical need before he, you know, spoke, you know, specific gospel to them, even though, you know, meeting someone's physical needs can be speaking the gospel to them. Um not all of your persons of peace will be at a place to like, you know, be asked to go to church or be asked to be involved in something called the story of God. Uh, it just, and that's something that you as an individual and you as a group just have to pray about and see, because, you know, we're all at different levels and we're all at different journeys. And some people will need like a long amount of time of uh, just being able to meet their physical and emotional needs and just, you know, a year worth of spending time with that person and blessing them and two years, three yeah, years, who five knows? years. And they may never and that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. That's you know, we're just there to bless and serve and they may never, ever, ever, ever become a disciple of Jesus. And that's you know, we're sad because we want them to know Jesus, but we um we just have to be fine with that. And uh but no. then again they might at some point and that's great. Yeah, yeah, knowing that we we are fulfilling the call that God has given us, and that's the only thing we can do. Um, yeah, yeah. So. so, and I would just say, you know, there's like, so this is kind of how to start a missional community. Um, there are other, certainly other uh, parts about how to kind of keep a missional community going. I think, you know, other steps. Well, another important aspect is you want to share the leadership among the missional community kind of what we've gotten into trouble with with our missional community, but it started out in a different manner, uh, is that I basically am the only leader. I've been trying to recruit other people to lead, uh, but nobody, you know, God bless you all in our missional community, but nobody has has uh, agreed to share leadership. And um, But you want to do that because you don't want to get in a situation where one person carries all the load and is responsible for everything. And what you're ultimately wanting to do anyway is to mentor and disciple and train other leaders so that eventually you can multiply your missional communities so that you can start new ones and send new leaders out to start new missional communities. So you want to keep that 
in mind from the very, very, very beginning. And um, you want to make sure that you have multiplication in mind. You also, we were talking a little bit about this with um, actually Camille's brother, Garrett, um, and his wife. You want to be up front from the beginning with people that if they're, you know, wanting to, if they're interested in being a part of a missional community, you have to be up front with them about the, the commitment. You can't be like, you can't be wishy-washy about it and you can't be like, oh, come when you can and, and you know, um, have people who are half committed to it. You you want to have people that are fully committed to the process and to the experience because if you if you have people who are kind of half-hearted about it it's not going to work and so if you can't find anybody else just i guess try it on your own and ask god to bless and open up doors for you but i i'm of the strong opinion that you ideally need a core community in order to fully effectively um, live out the gospel in community um, so yeah, another one last thing is that ideally what you want to have is discipleship among your people and what we ideally will get to in our missional community and others do is something called DNA groups. You are being shaped by scripture and you break down into smaller, um, groups within your missional community uh, three men with three men, three women with three women, and you are doing the more uh, deep discipleship that can be open and vulnerable and, you know, shaped by scripture in a more intimate, personal, vulnerable way. Uh, so we can talk about that maybe at some point in the future in a separate episode, but that's the point of a missional community is to make disciples and we all need to be discipled ourselves. So Anything else, Camille? I don't think so. I think you covered it all. I don't think I covered it all, but I covered <laughs> quite a bit of it. And uh, if you have any questions, please, please don't hesitate to call or not call. What am I saying? Call. I don't know. Write or email or get me on Facebook, Twitter. They can call you. They can call me, but I have not released my phone number, nor will I do that. Um, so at any rate, thanks for listening to us, and we'll look forward to chatting with you next week. This is Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.